Amen, and praise the Lord for good Christian singing. I invite you to open your Bible this evening to the book of Revelation, and we are in chapter 11. We are finishing off chapter 11. Now, if you happen to have the little paper I gave you some weeks ago, you may want to pull that out. It's handy to keep that as a reference in your Bible for when we do these studies on Revelation. You'll notice once again that chapter 6 through to chapter 19 deal with the seven years of the tribulation. And we have just finished up a little parenthetical section, chapter 10, verse 1 to chapter 11 and verse 13. And in it, it's like the, uh, uh, the, the tour guide pulled the bus over, stopped, got out of his seat, looked back at us and explained to us a few things concerning this little book that the apostle John was told to take and to eat. And also the two witnesses that would be coming upon the earth. Now that's over. He gets back in the driver's seat and away we go. Now here in chapter 11, we are dealing with the seventh trumpet. Um, wow, this is the third woe. And uh, it introduces the final end. And so let's have a word of prayer. Let's ask God to not only teach us and instruct us, but to move our hearts so that we live for him in these, these last days in which we find ourselves. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the great Bible, the book of God, and we thank you for this last book in the Bible, the book of Revelation. So many people have read it and come off scared or confused. And Lord, we don't profess to know it all. We can't possibly. Uh, those that go through the tribulation will understand the book of Revelation better than we do. They'll be living it. Father, help us to understand enough so as to increase in our faith and our love for you, our joy and worship and obedience toward you. Bless us now in this study. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, We looked at the seven-sealed book that was put into the hand of the Lord Jesus. And as he opened the seals, it brought about the first and initial judgments of God upon the earth. You see, beloved, I do not believe for one moment that the wrath of God begins at the halfway point. I believe that the wrath of God begins at the beginning of the seven years. But it's in milder form. As the Lord broke open the seventh seal and introduced the seven trumpets. And these trumpets were a real step up in judgment uh, upon the earth. Every one of them. Now the last three trumpets were absolute terrible. And they're called woes. Woe, woe, woe upon the earth. The third woe is the blowing of this seventh trumpet that we're going to look at right now. And so I'd like to direct your attention now to chapter 11 and to verse 14. Please look at it. It says, The second woe is past, and behold, the third woe cometh quickly. So here we see that we're introduced to this third woe when this seventh trumpet is blown. And the, seven, the seventh trumpet introduces the final series of judgments upon the earth, the seven vials which are introduced in chapter 15, but are uh, uh, 
actually uh, poured out in chapter 16 on, and and you'll see that. However, there there is something I I, I want to sort of sound out here tonight. Um, A ship sailing in the ocean to a far off country, at least in the olden days, as the ship um, came closer to that country and the country came into view over the horizon, the man up in the crow's nest, in the lookout, he would see this and he would call out, Land ho! And then, of course, all the sailors would rush to look and see, Land, land! And it's still a far piece off, but they could see it. And that's sort of what we have here tonight. We have the calling of land ho. And there's actually seven things spoken of here in this uh, end of chapter 11. There's seven things. And uh, when this seventh trumpet is blown, here's the first thing. Is the kingdom of Christ comes into view. Please look at verse 15. And the seventh trumpet, sorry, the seventh angel sounded. And... There were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. So John heard great voices in heaven, probably angelic voices making this tremendous proclamation. And it says here in verse 15 that these uh, kingdoms are become, not have become, not will become, but are become. At this very point, this midway section, uh, this time of the tribulation, this three and a half year approximate uh, time here, the title deed, the ownership of all of the earth's kingdoms are being transferred over to God the Father and God the Son. And like a ship sailing the ocean to a far off country as it approaches the land and all of a sudden the lookout up in the crow's nest sees the land in the distance and he cries land ho and this brings to the us to the second the second thing we see it's in zechariah 14:9 and the lord shall be king over all the earth he shall be king over all the earth Not only is the kingdom of Christ coming into view, but the king himself shall be king over all of the earth. Now, please put a marker there in Revelation and turn back to the gospel of Luke. Let's go back there to gospel of Luke chapter four. I want you to see something here with me tonight. Luke and chapter four. We find here in this early section of the chapter, our Lord Jesus, having fasted 40 days and 40 nights, was tempted of of the devil, Satan. And Satan brought these three hideous temptations to Jesus. And we come here to the second one. It's in verse 5. I'd like you to look at it here. And I'm going to read from verse 5 to 8 of Luke chapter 4. And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give it, 
If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and serve him only. And so here's the idea of the story. Our Lord was going to be getting these kingdoms one day, but he had to go through the cross. He had to walk down the Calvary road, so to speak, and he had to be crucified and die and be buried and be risen again the third day. And it was a trial like no one has ever, ever, ever experienced. What the Lord Jesus experienced for you and for me, not just on the cross, but listen, in the garden of Gethsemane, when he prayed and his sweat were as it were great drops of blood falling to the ground. What agony he went through, what temptation, what torture he went through. And then to be pulverized and nailed to the cross and have all of the sin of all mankind laid upon him. And here's the devil saying, you don't have to do that, honey. You don't have to go through any of that. All you need to do is bow down and worship me. It's mine. I own all of the kingdoms. I'll, I can give it to whoever I want. I'll give it to you. You will be the recipient. You will get all of the kingdoms. But you see, this wasn't God's way, was it? God's plan was different than the devil's plan. And isn't that always the case? Whatever the devil's plan is, just try and think of the opposite, and you might have God's plan. The devil always seems to try to thwart the plans of God. But I want you to know that good things come to those who let God lead in their lives. It's always been that way. Good things always come to those who leave the choices to God. For example, God's method. The getting of wealth by careful, diligent work. That's God's way. The devil's way, get rich quick through stealing or by lotteries. Get rich quick. God's way. Sexual relations within marriage. Within marriage. Not the devil's way. The devil's way is sex outside of marriage. Very popular. God's way. Study. Learn. Grow the devil's way. Cheat and fake it. Good things always come to those who let God lead in their lives. And here we have the kingdoms of the world being delivered up and given to the rightful owner, to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit out of the hands of the devil. That's good news. And so... In verse 15, it says, He shall reign forever and ever. When Jesus Christ begins to reign, nothing, nothing, nothing is going to get in the way. Nothing will stop it. Nothing will cause his reign to cease. It will not happen ever. Even when uh, Satan is uh, released after a thousand year bondage at the end of the millennial kingdom, and he, he brings about turmoil and bring, brings about a revolt, 
Not even that will put will stop the reign of Jesus. Jesus will put down Satan very quickly. Now we come to verse 16. Verse 16. And the four and twenty elders. Which sat before God on their seats. Fell upon their faces and worshipped God. Praise the Lord for these four and twenty elders. We're going to meet them one day. But here we find that the announcement of Christ's reign causes the 24 elders to worship him. Now it seems that every time we're introduced to these elders, these 24 elders, um, it's done so so that they can worship God and praise him. Now the idea of the word elder speaks of spiritual maturity. And by the way, you'll know... If you're spiritually mature, one way you'll know if you're spiritually mature is if you are worshiping God from your heart every day, every day. Are you doing it, beloved? Are you worshiping him every day from your heart? That's one way that you can know that you are mature. But quickly, take, take your Bible, turn back to Revelation 4. Revelation chapter 4. <laughs> Here we're introduced to the 24 elders. And um, it says, And round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment and had on their heads crowns of gold. And of course they, they fell on their face there worshiping God at the end of the, the chapter. Thou art worthy, O Lord. And then we go to um, chapter 5. And to verse uh, number 8. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Isn't that something? How spiritual music and prayer go together. Interesting, beloved. Interesting. And look at verse 14. And the four uh, beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him. That liveth forever and ever. And then we're in chapter 16 with the verse, chapter 11, I should say. Chapter 11 and verse, verse 16, the one we just looked at. There they are worshiping. And if you just jump ahead to chapter 19 and look, please, you'll find in verse 4. And the four and twenty elders and four beasts fell down and worshiped God that sat on the throne saying, Amen. Alleluia. And so going back to chapter 11, it just seems that every time we see these 24 elders, they're in the act of worshiping Almighty God. We come to verse 17 now. And here is what they say, these 24 elders, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. This is in the context of receiving all of the kingdoms of the world. Verse 18. Here we go again beloved. Like a ship. Like a ship traveling the ocean. And as land comes into view. The lookout. Cries land ho. And so first. The first thing we saw. Was the kingdom of Christ. Coming into view. The second thing is that. Uh, the Lord shall be king. Over all the earth. In, that's in Zechariah 14.9. Here's the third thing here in verse 18. 
And the nations were angry, it says. The nations were angry. Amazingly, what causes rejoicing in heaven causes anger on earth. Isn't that the way it goes? When we Christians rejoice over something, the world says, bah, humbug. And the rejoicing in heaven during the tribulation causes much, much anguish on earth and causes people to, to get angry on earth. Now, today, there's a lot of anger, a lot of anger all over the world. We have nations angry at each other. We have nations angry at Iran and angry at North Korea. There's many people throughout the world that are angry with China, thinking it's their fault for the uh, COVID-19. Now, we're not here to pass judgment on any nation. That's not our job. Our job is to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. But today, uh, we live in a world of a lot of anger, plenty of it. In Psalm 2, it says that the heathen, referring to the unsaved, are upset with God. They are angry at the Almighty. Unsaved people do not want to come under the control of Almighty God. They do not want to bow. They do not want to bend. They do not want to, to worship the Lord God. This is not in their agenda. It runs cross-grain to them. Uh, it sends shivers up their spine. It's distasteful to them. They want nothing to do with it. They would rather uh, die and go to hell than to have to live in heaven and bow to Jesus. And so rebellion characterizes unsaved man. They are a children of disobedience, the Bible calls them. And so uh, even, by the way, we even see this type of thing in some churches. It actually happens in some churches. A church can tolerate a preacher until he begins preaching total surrender to Almighty God. And that's when people start finding excuses to leave the church. Many people today, they want to find a church and go to a church where they don't get their feathers ruffled, where the preacher doesn't preach against sin, where they don't feel like they're getting their toes stepped on. They want to go to a church where they can feel comfortable and blend in and everything is good and I'm okay and you're okay and God's okay and heaven's okay and I guess the devil's okay if we only got to know him better. We got this miserable movie out for decades now called Jesus Christ Superstar in which it, it portrays uh, uh, Judas Iscariot as the, the real hero, as the poor scapegoat. My, oh my, what a wicked world we live in. And all through the tribulation, the unsaved, they do nothing but curse God for their troubles. So sad, isn't it? People today curse God for the COVID-19. They curse God for wars upon the earth. <laughs> Amazing. When Jesus returns at the end of the tribulation, the unsaved will actually try to kill him. That's how bad it is with this world. And so the third thing that the, the, uh, the seventh trumpet brings into view is the anger of the nations. Look in verse 18. It says, and thy wrath is come. Thy wrath is come. The seventh trumpet also brings into view the wrath of Almighty God. It's been there, beloved, since chapter uh, 6 as the tribulation has begun. 
the wrath of God has been there. But now they can really see it. They can really see it. It's one thing to see a shadow of a dog. It's something else to see the dog itself. Uh, The tribulation is definitely a time of God's wrath. The church today has been saved from wrath. You can look that up in Romans 5 verse 9. We've been saved from wrath. It's a reference to what is coming. Now, just as I said about the ship and the, the up in the crow's nest and the lookout crying, land ho, we see, number one, the kingdom of Christ coming into view. We see the king himself. Number three, we see the anger of the nations. Number four, we see the wrath of Almighty God. And in verse 18 also, it goes on to say, and the time of the dead that they should be judged. And here is the fifth item that we see. This is coming in chapter 20 at the end of the tribulation. It is, it is coming, folks. It is coming when uh, uh, unsaved will, will, be, will be absolutely put down. It's coming also um, at the end of the, uh, the thousand-year millennial reign when all unsaved from all throughout the, the ages of the world will be gathered at the great white throne judgment. It is coming. The dead are the unsaved. They are dead in sin and trespasses. The seventh trumpet also brings into view the rewarding of his saints. Again, in verse 18, it says, And that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great. Likewise, this also happens after the tribulation. The saints in the church age will be rewarded in heaven during the tribulation. And the tribulation saints will be rewarded after the tribulation. And then finally, number seven. The seventh trumpet here also brings into view the eternal damnation of the wicked. The last part of verse 18. And shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. Now the wicked will be destroyed when Jesus returns to the earth. He will speak the word and they will be slain with the sword of his mouth. Literally, he says, drop dead. And all the unsaved will drop dead just like that. This is when Jesus returns to earth at the end of the seven-year tribulation. And then again at the end of the thousand-year reign of Christ upon earth. All of the dead will be absolutely destroyed. All of the dead in sin and trespasses. They'll be cast into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. And we'll read about that when we get to chapter 20. And now we come to verse number 19. The last verse in this chapter. And the temple of God was opened in heaven. And there was seen in his temple the ark of the testament. And there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. And so the ark of the Old Testament was always hidden away from view. It was always hidden away from man's sight. But here, the temple in heaven is opened and the ark now appears and we can see it. Folks, whenever God's throne is brought into the picture, there are lightnings and voices and thunderings. Whenever we see God's throne. Why? In preparation for what's to follow or what is to follow next. I believe that Israel is to face bitter persecution in the second half of the tribulation. But God will help Israel. Now the end is in sight. We're not at the end yet. But the land 
is in sight. We're crying, land ho! The end of the tribulation is in sight. And by blowing of the seventh trumpet, it's no wonder that the 24 elders fell before the Lord and worshipped him. Oh, my Christian friend, we may be going through difficult times now, but this is nothing compared to what's coming on the world in just a little while. What we're going through in these days with all of the corona uh, virus and all of its uh, uh, medical and uh, all of its um, 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 political, all of its uh, economical fallout, all of the problems uh, involved with Corona 19, all of that stuff. That's true. We're going through it. But beloved, there are good things ahead. There are good things ahead for us. God has promised. And so we also need to worship the Lord. Just like those 24 wonderful elders fell on their faces and worshiped God and and said things maybe like, Lord, how we love you, how we adore you, how our hearts praise you. Lord, we bow before you in uh, uh, tears of joy and supplications. We, we honor you with our lives. We lay before you our obedience. We lay before you our past, present, and future, and everything there is about us, Lord. We worship you with all that you've blessed us with, and everything that's in our hand, we give it freely and fully to you, Lord. And every day, we need to worship the Lord our God. We need to worship him for who he is and praise him for what he's done. Like a ship sailing the ocean to a far-off country, and it approaches close to that far-off country that we call heaven. All of a sudden, heaven comes in view on the horizon. The lookout up in the crow's nest of the, uh, the gospel ship sees it and cries out, Land ho! And we can see the world lining itself up, ready for the Antichrist. They're calling for world leader right now. Gordon Brown, one of the previous prime ministers of the United Kingdom, the UK, in order to fight and combat COVID-19, has called for a one-world government with a leader so that we can fight this thing. And right now, we can really see the world all lining itself up getting itself all ready for the Antichrist. And our ship is sailing home. Heaven is in view. Land ho! Land ho! The next sound we hear will be the trumpet of the Lord. And the next sight we'll see is Jesus coming to meet us in the air. Are you ready? Are you ready? Is your soul ready for that wonderful day? Ah, uh, listen, beloved, next, next week, if we're still here, we are going to start looking at chapter 12. We're going to start getting back into that parenthetical section. We're going to get ready for the end. I hope you're here with us.